What is your opinion about how LeBron's been handling everything? Well, I thought they were, everybody was really unfair to LeBron. Oh, you thought so? Yeah, everybody does business in China. Every right. American company does business in China. Why should LeBron not be able to protect his financial interests and the NBA and Nike? Because LeBron is the sort of guy that acts for what's right rather than acts for his back pocket. That's been kind of that's my perception of him. What he does with well, the community. Well, he's done. Listen, every battle, everybody don't have to pick every battle to fight. LeBron is uh, passionate about the things he wants to be passionate about. We don't get to tell him what we want him to talk about. Right, right. Well, I mean, for the... I mean, I'm pretty sure there's other stuff going on in other countries. We don't ask their opinion. But, I mean, he wasn't asked about the things in other countries. He was asked about what's going on with Hong Kong and China and all the sort of and, the and free speech stuff. And yeah, well, we don't get free speech in China. You get free speech in the United States. You don't get to impart your values in other countries. It doesn't work like that. I, I can't go to another country and say, we're going to do things our way. No, no, totally not. But LeBron didn't exercise his free speech to sort of like condemn. He maybe did what because China's... he had his, he had to look out for his business interests. Right. He, first of all, he has three business interests. He has his. Yeah. He has the NBA and he has Nike. Yeah. And I have no problem with somebody looking out for their business interests. Hold on, pause why, it here. Why it should LeBron? Is this not the best defense for LeBron James that you've heard? Like Charles Barkley actually talking about this? Dude, I came into the studio thinking one thing and really just trying to pull up the clip of LeBron talking about China yeah. and seeing this. So for thank you for tuning in here. The Gamer Runs on, <laughs> uh, well, actually, shout out to downloading our podcast because that's really the only way you're listening to this right here. Straight up. This is the first time I've heard Charles Barkley shout out on this this whole issue. Right, yeah. I, I believe this is the first time he's kind of talked about this. And this is a TMZ clip? TMZ clip literally posted three hours ago. We're talking right now as we speak at 7 o'clock Monday, October 21st. And my entire opinion, I wouldn't say entire. That's too far. My opinion is slowly changing after hearing Charles Barkley. And Charles Barkley is somebody that I have absolutely agreed with a lot, with a lot of his points throughout the years, and have absolutely disagreed with on many points as well, especially when he's critiquing players and stuff. You're right. This is one of the best offenses I've heard of LeBron and his stance and what he said on China through this entire thing. And... As we speak right now, it's kind of a good thing that we turned on the mics when we did because my opinion is kind of changing as in, words are coming out of my mouth. In real time, yeah. It, like, the fact that Charles Barkley says he has three businesses he has to worry about. He has LeBron, which in of itself is the most Charles Barkley thing uh, to say. Like you, And it's true. It's 100% true. But he has, he has his own business to worry about. He has Nike to worry about, and he has the NBA to worry about. If he disrupts any of those, he's at risk of millions and millions of dollars. And I think it might be a little, a little bit later in this clip, or, or he might have already said it. Why should LeBron be the only person who doesn't do business with China? That's That resonates. Oh, of course it does. Yeah, and I... Listen, I came into this studio after a live show. Shout out to 101.5 UMFM, Pledgerama this week. Just a quick plug here, umfm.com slash donate. We would love your support, not only for the show, but for the station itself. With that being said, I came into this studio thinking I was going to talk about how disappointed I was in LeBron's, not only LeBron's kind of... 
Indifference? Sure. Indifference is a great way to talk about it. But like just, I would say a very sloppy first take kind of on the entire situation. Awful first take. Yeah. Like he, he came out and this was, okay, so this was when he got back to LA this was the first time they were allowed to talk about it. And it looked like it was after a practice or a shoot around kind of thing. And he came out and he, he kind of seemed all over a place for a guy that we have talked about is one of the most media savvy athletes of all time had to clear up his own comments afterwards on Twitter because of how it came out. And I think it was one of those things that I, I don't want to, I don't want to crucify LeBron for this because it's it's not only a super sensitive in, in uh situation for a lot of people if not for him then like for the nba itself for for so many people it's tough to get a very clear idea out and i mean me and you have talked about it a little bit even on our last episode it, it's tough to be really solid on a take here because of how sensitive the entire situation is so for him to come out and and talk for the first time in my in front of the microphones and kind of just be wishy-washy and it really sounded like his main take was Daryl Morey really didn't think about when he said what he said on Twitter that was your first take the the fact that there was going to be NBA teams and NBA uh, employees over in China when you did this and that drastically affected them, them being LeBron, the Lakers, the Nets, the rest of the NBA staff, while they were there. That's what it sounded like LeBron was most upset about. Is that what you heard too? So that's what I thought, except the only thing is that he should have known exactly what he said because there's no one, you mentioned this, there's no one more media savvy and media trained and very few people have perfected media the way that LeBron James has. And that's where the issue was with me, where he is condemning Maury, which I'm not a fan of. I believe what Maury did and said was fine. He's condemning Maury for not considering others who were in Asia headed to China days after for their safety. That's why he ended up saying, you know, like I thought I thought about it the same way you did when I first read it, uh, where when he mentioned People could be harmed uh, financially, physically, mentally, spiritually. Like that—that's really important. That, like, let's say to make a point, they held back the NBA teams from traveling back to the states for two days. That would be an international incident bigger than this, right? right. The, to the fact that you basically took some of the USA's millionaires and you know worldwide entities semi hostage, right? Who's to say that couldn't have happened? People could have been harmed if Maury put a a more uh, separatist uh, spin on uh, on things, which unfortunately he was villainized for uh, when he didn't really say that. He just said stand for stand for Hong Kong, right? Um, so that's I, I'm in agreement with you that I read it the same way. But the biggest issue with it with it is that LeBron, as media trained as he is, it came off as extremely CCP China, extremely supportive of the Communist Party. And that's where it was kind of scary, where he was just parroting the sentiments of the Communist Party. And that, he should have known how that would sound. Right. And I think that that kind of comes to the most disappointing part for me initially was in his clarification tweets, he said, quote, I'm not discussing the substance. Others can talk about that, quote. That was really disappointing to read and to hear. Yeah, to... to kind of 
sit this one out. And and it's one of those things where, and this goes right to back to, like, there's a reason we started the show with Barkley's statements because it really kind of helps clarify the issue from uh, an NBA player's point of view and specifically someone like LeBron where he has an incredible stake in business in China and Nike, who has signed him to a, lo- a lifetime contract, has massive, massive, kind of like you can't even understand how big stakes in China. The NBA is right there. So almost all of these pillars that LeBron is part of, a part of have mass, massive financial stakes in China. So hearing that from Charles Barkley and kind of understanding that in the context from the podcast and the pieces that I've read and stuff like that, I, I, I do get that part. I do get that part. But then I say to myself, are we just rationalizing what's really important in a grand scale human point of view? Because what is happening in China, what is happening in Hong Kong, most people will outright say is not okay. And Daryl Morey included coming out with a very simple, like tweeting a picture of stand with, if I'm not mistaken, it said stand with Hong Kong, right? Or free Hong Kong. Stand with Hong Kong. Stand with Hong Kong. Fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. So supporting them in in their their own fight for freedom that continues to this day here on October 21st. The guy that was interviewing Charles Barkley had like almost equally as good of questions as Charles Barkley had comments because he said a lot of the things that I would have liked to ask, not only Charles, but I would have liked to ask LeBron himself, where... LeBron is in such a, a unique position in this situation because of his uh, his stakes in both Nike and the NBA and who he is. He is the most recognized athlete on this planet. And he has talked about human rights, the the importance of free speech over and over and over again. He was part of the Kaepernick ads that Nike themselves put out about how important it is to stand up for what you believe in. Yeah. Now... This all happens where the stakes, and I'm not trying to degrade what Kaepernick was fighting for as far as uh, um, black people's rights and police brutality and go on and on and on. There's so much that he's fighting for that is just as important as this. But because of the financial stakes to not only one athlete in this case, but to an entire league that people have decided to not stand up for probably what they believe in in a closed room with nobody listening to them, they have decided to mute themselves, including LeBron, which is the disappointing part because if anybody's voice can not only matter in this situation, but could maybe make some sort of difference, it might, I actually, no, I'm not even gonna say might, it would be him. I can't think of a a more important person to talk about what the most important part of this entire situation is than LeBron, and he didn't even skim the surface of it. And that's where the... The bummer is, right? I don't use this lightly. I use it as a, you know, as a Star Wars geek. I would say the chosen one is, you know, bestowed upon very few. You know, Luke, Anakin, you know. LeBron. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Luke, Anakin, and LeBron. And uh, maybe one of the later on Skywalkers uh, who we may see in a future movie. Anyways, he was the chosen one. He was the one, if anyone was to stand up for something, if anyone was to stand up for um, 
the injustices of the president of the United States of America to call to be the one who calls him a bum on Twitter to be the one who wears a hoodie after the Trayvon Martin shooting to be the one who genuinely you know stands up for the rights of people the the, the dude that opens a school in Akron Ohio for underprivileged youth and lower and middle class families that he was the dude to stand up for international injustice unless it's china unless it's china unless it's china a billion dollar implication and this this tweet has gone everywhere supernova everywhere uh online and but i i'm not even saying it's a bad thing because i think it's important lebron james tweeting a very famous quote from mlk injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere our lives began to the to end the day we become silent about things that matter. And oh my goodness, could that not be more spot on for this entire situation and what LeBron did not do, chose to not do. Doesn't this feel like when, you know, in those make-believe scenarios where your 10, 15-year-old, uh, not 15, your 10-year-old, 5-year-old version comes back to the, uh, comes to the future and sees you and just be like, dude, what happened? For real. Rather than it be the other way, like instead of you giving the kid warnings, the kid is like, oh, this is you? This is what I feel about LeBron. Like, this is coming back to bite you because this contradicts everything you stood for up to this point. It's just so reasonable uh, that he's indifferent. It's so, it's not reasonable. It's so rational, given his decisions, that he's indifferent because he's trying to walk so many lines and we're just not used to this guy walking lines. We're used to this guy doing what's right. And that was the stance of the reporter. Like, this is a guy who's doing what's right. And Charles Barkley was essentially saying, why does this have to be the guy who has to do what's right? Right? Why doesn't Apple do it? Why doesn't Why doesn't Mercedes-Benz do it? Why doesn't Blizzard Gaming do it? And I think that was, that was the first thing I really disagreed with Charles Barkley about where I do get where he's coming from like he's he's a professional athlete and LeBron has even said this in the past week where his job is to win championships I do get that then you can't pretend to be what what you think you what think he thinks he is off the court if he can't stand up to this where does this leave him to shut up and dribble 100% right and that was a huge thing last year right where he he kind of stood up and said we are more than athletes that that's that's an entire slogan for his undisputed company. That brings me to my next point. Actually, um, it's a little topical at both my jobs because uh, just on October tenth, Nike and uh, Uninterrupted, which is you know uh, a streamline of Spring Hill Entertainment and LeBron James uh, Media, um, released a shoe, the MTAA More Than an Athlete Air Force One. Oh, the timing! The timing. It's it's you couldn't write this. This released on October 10th. Uh, LeBron James made his statements on the 12th or 13th, and then he clarified with tweets on the 14th. Uh, the shoes, the Air Forces have yet to release in the States. They have released in Canada, I think. Uh, or they definitely have in Canada. It says, I am uninterrupted across the entire midsole uh, or just above the midsole on the tubing of the Air Force One. Um, it also has a fully 3M reflective back heel spot and swoosh. And it comes with two Nike-branded 
uh, Sharpies, which are actually so fire. Uh, like, the Sharpies themselves are actually really dope um, because you're incentivized to write on them. What, write what you stand for, write for what you are. On the heel, it says, I am more than. What are you more than? You might just be an athlete if your job is to win championships. That's the issue with LeBron. Are these Sharpies not fire, though, Neil? No, are- dude, yeah, you showed me pictures, um, and it's a great idea because the, the writing on the shoe has been a, a big thing in, uh, in lots of sports, uh, especially the NBA and NFL cleats as well. So it's a great idea. Uh, the timing is, is absolutely incredible because the whole idea of the more than an athlete and shut up and dribble and all that stuff is powerful. And I think it has completely lost its meaning now. Yeah, and yeah. it's I, I don't want to be that kid in Winnipeg talking about LeBron's decisions and his financial decisions here, but I can't help but think like stepping like 10 feet back, 10,000 feet back and really kind of seeing the big picture of humans on earth and what LeBron and everyone else will think not only in a month, but in a year, in 10 years, in 50 years, we're still, we're still talking about what Muhammad Ali did of not going into the war. That is a massive, massive deal. And he changed how a lot of people think of not only that situation itself, but in the world in general, where he was not going to go fight someone else's fight. LeBron James had what has like a once in a lifetime opportunity to put what is important as far as human rights go above money. And he chose money. He absolutely chose money. That is an objective fact. He decided not to weigh in on something that yet people have been talking about, oh, I don't feel educated in that. We said that in the very on our episode. We talked about it, right? And we're still not. We're, we're still not. I tend to agree with Brian Curtis on, on the press box. Shout out to one of our favorite podcasts. He has said, if you feel the need to be educated on this subject, it does not take you long. You, no. You could dive into it for a couple of hours. You better believe LeBron has that time to read about something this important. Formulate an opinion and come out with your voice that may be the most important in this entire situation and come out for what not only you believe deep down, but what the rest of the world needs to hear. And he decided to side with not only his wallet, but Nike and everything else in between and left a lot of people and important issues completely in the dust full i fully agree you said everything very well there and i i I think going from there that's that's kind of why you know charles barkley almost comes across as if lebron just said this i would think less of him but i would be i would say also at least he's honest so i'm not i'm thinking less of him in i hold less social weight on him and social progressiveness on him but i still think very highly of him because he came out and was completely honest in his personal interests and values. He didn't. That's where the issue is. It's just you get his viewpoint when other people explain it. But when LeBron explains his viewpoint, it's just le- really leaving a sour taste in everyone's mouth. Um, and that, you know, it, it leads to Steve Kerr for me, where Steve Kerr said, He's uneducated. He tends to stay out of things. And then he ended up kind of comping right up to it that he, um, his brother is a 
Chinese historian. Like he has a degree in it. And he also, two weeks prior to this, tweeted pro Hong Kong, retweeted pro Hong Kong sentiments on Twitter. But it only blew up when Maury tweeted it. And then Fertitta, um, the uh, owner of the Rockets, actually tried to play damage control, possibly. That's where it really blew up. But Steve Kerr, if he wasn't educated on it, don't you think he would have called his brother? And similar to what Brian Curtis said, educated himself on it. Um, I I say, you know, we're not educated on it because admittedly, you and I both, I'm going to speak for you here, we're dumbasses. We're dummies. We're, we're just regular, we're Winnipeggers um, who have nothing to do with international politics. All we know is really basketball and a few other things. Shoes, clothes, video games, you know, uh, fantasy, uh, sports. Um, and the uh, that's where the issue is. Like, if anyone was super qualified and, you know, anyone expected to, we expected anyone to talk about it. I think Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich were the two, basically, and I, I say this, like, with the utmost respect, the two white guys with the longest leash, right? These guys don't have to deal with the systemic racism that an outspoken black person would have to deal with. These guys were purveyors of social progress um, domestically for a very long time. And Steve Kerr even retweeted that pro Hong Kong tweet. Like these guys have been able to say these things and get away with it because of where the NBA stood. And that's another kind of big disappointment. Steve Kerr, I'm kind of bummed about it. Um, I don't really know what else we could say on top of that. It's just, I, maybe, maybe if a player made that mistake, LeBron would jump to the defense. I'm not, I wouldn't know if he would or wouldn't. Maybe for a player, Steve Kerr would jump to the defense. I think Daryl Morey, uh, and our issue with LeBron is also playing the blame game, really just throwing Morey under the bus. Um, if Morey was a player, or at least a former player, I think the sentiment would at least be a little bit different publicly. Would not? I 100%. It, it would have to be, right? And kind of like, yeah, going off like Kerr, Popovich, LeBron, and stuff, they, they had the opportunity to put the money where their mouth is. Yeah. And they chose the money. Yeah, LeBron distinctly said, why does someone else's problem have to be all of our problems? And that was the real heart-sinking comment uh, amongst many from LeBron today uh, or recently. So, um, Question for you. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. but no, that's fine. I'm really trying to think. Okay, so Kaepernick took a knee during the Star Spangled Banner during the 2016 season. Yeah. And he took that knee to show that he didn't want to support a country that more or less suppressed black people. Mm -hmm. And this was on the the cusp of all these stories. Like we mentioned Trayvon Martin as well. Um, The police brutality against black people. Do you not think that was a positive action three years down the road now of the conversation that was started and continues and everything that came out of it? He put so much on the line. He put his his NFL future on the line to stand up for a bigger conversation, a bigger problem with society, not only in the U.S., but in the world as, as a whole. Looking back now, from your from your point of view, I'm not asking for an objective thing. Your subjective point of view was that a positive thing, three years out now? Yes, 
Now, I'm going to I'm going to touch on as many of these as I can. Physically, Kaepernick doesn't have to play football. So he's safer. Um spiritually, Kaepernick did what he thought was right. And I fully support doing what you think is right. And that's where my issues. Most of these people in the NBA, if you ask them and they were on truth serum, they would say what China is doing to its protesters or people uh, or cultural cleansing of people, which has nothing to do with the NBA discussion. The the genocide is very different from the actual uh, Hong Kong protests. Uh, you're, we're talking about the evil of the Chinese government, but we keep just saying China. It's the Chinese government that there are issues with and how they are on, from a top down telling how the Hong Kong police and mainland police to treat Hong Kong protesters and all your individuals. Um, that's very separate. But spiritually, what he did was right. Physically, I believe what he did was right. Financially, he got paid for this pro, pro uh, progressive movement by Nike afterwards. He got picked up, sacrificing everything. He sacrificed everything. So, and mentally, Kaepernick seems at peace with himself. He checked off all four of what LeBron said. Three years from now, Kaepernick made the right decision in my mind. Subjectively. I believe he made the right decision. Or what am, what am I going to just tune in every Sunday and watch him on the field and then tune out because I realize I'm not a 49ers fan, right? I would not have cared about Kaepernick much else. I don't care about Russell Wilson. I just know he dates Sierra, right? <laughs> so I strongly believe Kaepernick made the right decision spiritually, mentally, physically, and uh, financially. I'm just, I can't help, but I believe, I agree with you. I can't, and I would love to hear what Kaepernick thinks as well, because it's one of those things, and I know he's working out seven days a week, and he's ready to go back to the NFL whenever somebody will have him. However, I'm really curious to know or to see in the future how everyone looks back at this, whether it was a missed opportunity, it was the right thing for LeBron to not make a comment because of the ramifications. I'm really, really curious to see what people are going to think about. And we talk about a lot about how media covers things. Media cover, or I mean, ESPN is basically not talked about it at all. Right. Charles mm -hmm. Barkley was asked by that TMZ reporter, are you guys going to talk about it? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> he he kind of wants to, it sounds like. But yeah. they're also hosting the first night of the NBA season. Right. Does the NBA want that to be talked about? Probably not from one of their broadcast partners. Right. But I can't help but think that these decisions that people have been making to either speak or not speak and how people are going to look at these not only weeks out, months out, but years back of did they make the right choice and who knows what happens in the future with not only Hong Kong, but China and human rights all over the world. But humans making the choice to basically pick money, this artificial numbers that people trade for different things are more important than human rights and people's lives. It's crazy, and I don't want to make it more grandiose than it is, but I can't help but think this is a massive, massive deal that is just going to continue until the Hong Kong protests. I don't like how if they how ever they end. Gonna, exactly if like, they it, end. It's crazy. It's going on two months now, 
and it doesn't seem like there's there's going to be a heart like there was the most support in their recent uh, I believe it was on Saturday uh, showing than there has been in any other protest. They just filled the streets. Yeah, it's, if, it's if, incredible. If twenty percent of your population is protesting, that's truly something special. And you know, I'm not to say revolutionary, but like it's verging on you know something very special. Um, but is this a mark on LeBron? Yes. Okay, very well put. It's easy as that. It's it's. I fully agree. It's, I don't think this will age well at all. No, it it goes amongst the decision as one of his worst career decisions. His indifference on human rights. Um, are we in a position where, and and take Ennis Cantor out of this because Ennis Cantor is truly someone who's willing to risk it all because he kind of has. Absolutely, and he is a he's a like warranted enemy of his state of Turkey because he has been critical of the government and the government has not taken kindly to his words and his father's in jail, right? Like these are very serious things and he has continued to say what's on his mind and respect to him for that. But he's someone who puts money ahead of it uh, or puts his money where his mouth is and credits to him for doing that. But are we at a position where indifference is enough right now? Like, reason I'm saying this is because there's two things that really stuck out to me and actually won me like favor. Uh, like I became a fan of more so of these people after they said it. Joe Harris was asked about this. Oh, so good. Yeah. To be honest, personally, I already get paid way too much to play a game. So I'm not worried about the financial implications of a de- decline in revenue. Right. That in of itself won him so much favor on NBA Twitter and NBA Reddit. Rightly so. Yeah, because he kind of checked his privilege. This basic corny white dude who shoots threes and has a two-year $16 million deal um, kind of realized, I am a multi-millionaire, even if that declines 15%, which is just actually not financially found in anything. Like it's Yeah, people are just spouting that. People were just spouting that out. That's not even true. And he kind of was like, you know, he kind of played in his head. If I make 20% less, I'm still a multimillionaire. I'm a 10 millionaire. Um, And then possibly my favorite quote from all of this so far, which says nothing and something at the same time. Um, Kyrie Irving, on what he said when meeting with Adam Silver in China, I stand for four things, man. Inner peace, freedom, equality, and world peace. So if that is being conflicted inside of me, I am definitely going to have something to say. Two things there, Neil. One, did he actually say anything there? (laughs) And two, I think I have a theory of how Kyrie Irving became woke. (laughs) DMT? Honestly, I want to say it's DMT. All signs point toward ayahuasca or DMT. (laughs) But... When you think about it, weed is very prevalent in the NBA. Like, let's not act like it isn't, especially legalization happening all around North no, America. Absolutely, yeah. um, and you know what? It's helped with people relaxing, recovering. Sleep deprivation is one of, the, one of the biggest issues in the NBA. And I know a lot of people, this is very anecdotal, but a lot of people use it for sleep. That, that's very common. Um, with all that said, it's very possible, given who Kyrie Irving knows, that he thought he was taking a weed edible and it was a mushroom edible. And after that, life changed for him. 
there there must have been a moment because this was not the same Kyrie that we had even back in Cleveland. No, this this is like illum like he was getting Illuminati and flat earthy in Cleveland, but and, like at the tail end. Yeah, but not now, game seven shot. No, this was like this is like very like Kyrie Irving is verging on a slightly more controlled Antonio Brown. Like okay. <laughs> like like a very loose cannon, but a very talented cannon. And also amongst like he he's a more responsible version. He still got himself under check. You know, shouts to Tony Brown. He came through livestock actually and copped some stuff. Sick. Yeah, shouts to him. And he was also wearing the livestock gear at the NFL game. Hey. Yeah, big shouts to hey. Antonio Brown. Um Kyrie Irving, also note a small world thing. He follows someone by the name of Surridge on Twitter. Hey. Not me, though. Oh. So it's kind of bullshit. All right. But um, those are my two things on Kyrie. Uh, one, did he actually say anything? And two, it's the drugs. There's no there's no, <laughs> com- there's no comment you need to make on number two. But, like, one, did he actually say anything? I agree with the latter. We'll start things off. Yeah. But he said something. He didn't say enough. Yes. Because I He think- let you know. If there's something to say, I'm going to say it. Yeah. So I, I like what he said. I like what he said a lot more if he followed it up. Because there is something to say. Yes. You know, so I think that was kind of like, I don't want to say he's blowing smoke. Yes. But he actually might be. Yeah. Because if if I understand this situation at all, and he was over there. He's on the Brooklyn Nets. He was over there playing LeBron, right? Those four things he mentioned, a lot of them are being challenged. 100%. In this situation. And if he doesn't have anything to say because of that, then he doesn't agree with that, right? And when did he say that quote? October 18th. Yeah, so a few days ago. I'm going to give him some time. He didn't have to come out and say something right away. No. Maybe he's working on something. Maybe he wants to say the right thing through the right medium to the right people. You know what would be baller? If he wore a free Hong Kong or stand with Hong Kong t-shirt to the game. You know? Interesting. Yeah, the NBA is preparing for uh, pro Hong Kong po- protests now. It, oh yeah, I mean, there, it sounds like both in LA and Toronto, there's tons of people. Um, there was, uh, I think, there was a GoFundMe for somebody that was making T-shirts for the LA crowd. Forty-five thousand dollars. Insane. I think he was asking for ten or something. Um, so you better believe there will be active protests, and that's why I keep saying, and I, I, I believe this with all my heart, this is not over. This no. is going to continue. Like the NBA season is starting. Yes, and everyone's excited to actually see these players on the court. But there are so much more important things at stake now, and the people who are not like these people that will be in the building wearing these t-shirts will probably have to hide them like in their pants or something because you better believe that these uh, facility guards are going to be on the lookout for these kind of things. It's not going to stop. And these people that are coming into these games or are paying their well-hard-earned money to protest and to watch these games, they're not going to be financially impacted like an NBA player would. Yeah. Maybe they're going to stop coming to games because of the NBA stance. Like, people are saying they're not going to buy iPhones because of what Apple uh, did with taking the Hong Kong apps out of the store and stuff like that. Like, obviously, people are never going to play Blizzard games anymore. Like, people are are putting their money where their mouth is by not supporting these companies. That could absolutely happen with the NBA. Forget the Chinese um, broadcasting rights. What about the the local like North American audience choosing not to put their money towards a league that they love because of what happened in the past two weeks. This is where I'm more pessimistic on things. I think, um, 
I think they've gotten everything they want out of the Western market, and they could kind of be indifferent here, whereas they have to cater toward a growing market elsewhere. And I think that's the major issue. Um, did the NBA do like its reputation justice with how this was handled? It's crazy. And I mean, like as of right now, maybe not, but uh, it would be, I can't see them changing their tone. Like Adam Silver is kind of putting his foot down now saying that like we're supporting Daryl Morty and free speech, but <laughs> we also want to apologize to China. It's so, yeah. it's so weird, man. And I have a note on that though. Yeah. And you know, credits to um, credits to the Ethan Strauss House of Strauss podcast. Oh, I can't wait to listen to that man. It was oh, very good. Ah, I can't wait. Stra strategery or strategery. Um, I was, oh, I was pumped to see that on my feed. Yeah, uh, it's a very good listen on the China subject. Um, but they made a really good point, and I pulled up here the Adam Silver statement after he had his first statement. Uh, we were kind of very disappointed in Adam Silver, and then days later, he put out a much longer statement clarifying his point, which actually did kind of put his foot down on, in terms of like what he stands for and believes and his, you know, his matter on the subject. Um, and I'll just read like a little excerpt of it here. It's inevitable that people around the world, including from America and China, will have different viewpoints on different issues. It's not the role of the NBA to adjudicate those differences. However, the NBA will not put itself in a position of regulating what players, employees, and team owners say or will not say on these issues. We simply could not operate that way. Is that not, and this was a good point by on the House of Strauss podcast uh, by the uh, Stratecker guy, is that not the most anyone in a major corporate position in the States has stood up to China? Yeah, I love that, actually. This is my first time both hearing this and reading this. I was and, uh, I was bummed out that this actually came out days after his first statements. Right. And it was like, oh, you're walking it back. Yeah. But after listening to that podcast, I revisited it today. And though I think he fumbled it by not releasing this first, this is a very good stance. Yes. It's, and, it's aging well. Yeah. And I think it's the right stance, too, because... I, I do agree that the NBA, the business itself, the league of basketball, right, on this planet should not be getting into those issues. Yeah. That I do believe, I okay. absolutely believe him saying that, and I do think that is the right stance. The pl I, And I also agree with him saying that we cannot or we will not regulate what the people of our league say because they're allowed to express their own issues. I think that's super important, and I commemorate pardon me Adam for saying that and it's interesting what you uh, we said there like we're not asking the NBA to pull out of China because they stand what's right for, for what's right we're asking the NBA to protect their interests but first their people yes and it sounds like that's where Adam's at and I agree with what you said as far as like him fumbling at the beginning. It sounds like everyone kind of fumbled out of the gate. Because they this. didn't realize how big this They didn't realize the impact. People didn't want to impact their own financial in interests. So everyone was kind of a little hesitant and sensitive to what they were going to say, um, including Adam, who's been incredibly well-spoken in his tenor. Yeah. This is, a, this is a great stance to have going into the season. It's a great stance to have. I imagine this is probably what they felt at the beginning. They just didn't get it out the appropriate way. And the translation between their first message and the message that went to China, I understand that's really tough. 
Um, but where they stand right now, I absolutely agree. I think where a lot of our disappointment lies is LeBron and players that aren't Joe Harris. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and that's a that's a little. I, I guess that's a perfect little uh, bow on things. Um, the the last thing I wanted to bring up by Ben Thompson of uh, Strategery or Strategery is uh, no comment. If LeBron James just said no comment. I think we would have gotten what he was saying and supporting and he wouldn't have had to actually say what we want him to say. Absolutely. If he just said, if he just shook his head, give a good old SMH and said, man, no comment. With a specific tone, look at people and say, you know why I'm saying no comment. No comment. I think that would have spoken more volumes than throwing Maury under the bus. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of things he could have said or not have taken, said yeah. Yeah. Um, that would have been a lot better than what he actually did because it almost kind of came off as petty as like you didn't even think of us that are over there in China, right? Like who, like you're just being selfish kind of thing. I think LeBron is being selfish in that instance as well. But he's also looking out for a lot of other people that not only depend on him, but depend on his his business. His with, likeness. Exactly, right? Yeah. So, so it's it's... It's hard to take that from him, but yeah, I I think no words would have gone a long way compared to what actually was said. That word garbage <laughs> that came oh, up, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, uh, this was a fun discussion. I went a little long. We're going to put this- uh, We could do that now, podcast, baby. Straight up, let's go. Um, we're going to put this at the front half. Uh, if you are still listening, uh, one, we greatly appreciate you. Uh, two, this will be on our podcast feed, and then we'll also attach our live episode for Pledgerama. Once again, uh, Pledgerama is our annual fundraiser at UMFM. Uh, our current goal is $36,000. We're hovering at $20,000 right now. Um, seriously, if you could even put $2 toward a pledge, that would mean the world to us. It would be UMFM. Uh, dot com slash donate or 204-474-6610, I think. You know, is that what that says? Yes, you got it. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And um, You got it. Wow, nice. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, it turns out every every uh, phone number starts with 474 on campus. It's so, very true. Yeah, very handy. Um, but with that said, uh, if you could donate $1, $2, $3, $4, um, that, that means a world test. Once again, if you donate uh, the 101.50 uh, to commemorate 101.5 UMFM, uh, you get a grip of incentives, and I'm also going to throw in a $30 franchise magazine in for you, which is what I strongly believe is the best basketball magazine out right now. Uh, no hate to Slam Magazine, uh, no hate to Ren Quarterly. Um, but yeah, um, we greatly appreciate any support, even if you're just listening and you can't donate. We love you and appreciate you. Mwah. Basketball and Indian food are a game of runs. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. One guy, what's up, baby? What it do, baby? Yeah, you already know. What is up, Pledgerama 2019? This is Game of Runs. My name is Neil Noonan, and alongside me, long, oh, geez, live in studio, Sue Ridge Kanda. How you doing, man? It's been five years, my friend. Five years. Going strong. Game of Runs. We are still here. 
We're still supporting Pledgeram. We're still supporting UMFM as they're supporting us. Absolutely. Absolutely. To donate. We'll get at it right away. UMF.com slash donate. UMF. UMFM. Pardon me. Thank you for catching me there. It's four letters. I should be able to get that right. (laughs) UMFM.com slash donate. Uh, Anything at all that you could support the station, our friends here, would be super helpful would go a long way and there's tons of things that uh, you can get in return as well absolutely there's a major incentive package and you know what uh if, if you're a little old school you could also call you know 204-474-6610 204-474-6610 and you know you mentioned those crazy incentive packages and uh you know a, a, how any a little dollar counts uh, we're we're saving money one to buy a new radio antenna. Literally the most important thing, <laughs> the most important thing when it comes to a radio station is its antenna. So it's kind of a big deal. And you know, if you could donate five bucks, if you could donate one dollar, that means the world to us. Uh, you could pledge it to a specific show, say Game of Runs, or hey. you could just pledge it out of straight up love of the radio station. Uh, either way, if you if you want to donate in any way, please let us know. Um, but yeah, there's also some crazy incentives. We were looking at, we uh, got a nice whiff of some coffee, some delicious coffee. Dude, that's, I mean, you, you've got me on like the high quality coffee train. Bit of a snob. That smelled pretty damn good. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> and it, it's, it's perfectly placed. Uh, it, it's with Interstellar Coffee Company, which first of all, fire name. Right. Um, but, uh, they're ethically sourced and it's roasted in medium dark, which is the favorite range, <laughs> the preferred range. Of, good for uh, espresso? Oh, great for espresso, yeah, 100% yeah. rich, this rich flavor. Baby. Yeah, um, There's UMFM toques, there's UMFM hoodies. Hoodies, uh, shout out, man. This was last year's, I believe. Yo, the champion reverse weave embroidered pullover hoodie. You got it. S- still going strong on Neil Noonan's uh, body right now. I actually now. have tons of UMFM gear. Year after year, yeah. just restocking. Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's it's built to last. Quality, uh, quality community uh, supported gear. Uh, on top of that, we got stickers, we got buttons, we got guitar picks, we got magnets, we got UMFM travel mugs, and uh, of course, uh, outside of the t-shirts and hoodies, like, you know, if, if you don't want any of that, you can also just get a tax receipt. Yeah, simple as that, hey? Any way to support the show, we appreciate it big time. Uh, not only at the station here, but on Game of Runs specifically. And you said it, umfm.com slash donate. Give us that number one more time. 204-474-6610. And Neil, uh, I, I got to ask quickly, what has UMFM done for you? Man, I mean, the show itself um, is one thing, right? Like being able to actually say, yeah, we're on the radio. You can tell your parents, your grandparents to say, like, actually tune in 101.5 on your dial and you could hear me. Pretty crazy. Uh, it's pretty crazy itself. And I mean, community radio itself has a huge impact there's tons of shows not only talk shows but tons of music supporting local talent um but for what it's done for me i mean it's brought me and you closer one of my best friends straight for up. sure every week we're doing this talking we were actually this is our first big show of the year right i mean we've done about six episodes uh for the preseason so to speak but the pledgerama show it marks perfectly the time of year with the start of the nba season tomorrow night we're gonna have nba basketball it feels good nba champion toronto raptors are going to be taking the court tomorrow night it just sounds crazy to speak but 
going back to my first point, right before we got on air, we're like, say, how, how are we going to talk about the show today? Like, what are we actually going to talk about? And we have gotten to the point where we're so in sync that we could just go live with... I'm not saying we don't think and prep about the show, but to little to no prep that we can just kind of go off the cuff and talk ball whenever, wherever. And I think that's pretty special, man. So you asked me what the show has given me. I think the connection we have now, man, that's pretty big. Yeah, that uh, that uh, that that Peyton, that Camp, you know, that uh, Jordan, that Pippen. I'll, I'll take Pippen. Um, <laughs> you know, that, I don't that, got the jump shot, MJ. Ad, that's for sure. Fair enough. That that, that chemistry uh, definitely has been a huge plus uh, for me as well. Like, uh, uh, just someone to uh, connect with on basketball, especially since our playing days are over and we're just old, creaky men and we can't play too often. For real, man. Uh, the ability to talk ball and and share that conversation with people means the world to me as well. Um, and quickly, uh, at $25, that's where the incentive package starts. You get buttons, stickers, and guitar picks and a magnet. Uh, if you go up to 50, you also get a travel mug. Uh, if you go up to 75, you get a magnet, uh, button, sticker, guitar pick, and pledge t-shirt. 101.50 is where you start getting, uh, getting entered in uh, specific draws or prizes. But uh, on top of the 101.50, if you pledge that to Game of Runs, I'm also going to buy you a copy of Franchise Magazine. Hey. That's a that's a $30 magazine right there, and it has Giannis and Tetacumbo on the uh, on the cover with his brothers on the back. It's the newest issue. just came out a week ago. Franchise Magazine. Look them up on Instagram. They're incredible. Uh, but if you pledge any amount over $101.50, um, that, that $30 magazine plus the incentives already promised by UMFM are yours. That's big time. Again, to donate to UMFM during Pledgerama 2019, super simple, umfm.com slash donate. Give us that number one more time, man. 204-474-6610. Oh, man. Was that ever a radio personality voice? Thank you very much. You've done this for a while, eh? You know, absolute (laughs) pros. Five years. Shout out to uh, my small number of Instagram followers that are watching live. If you are watching live right now, I'm staring at you. Please give us any questions you got going into the NBA season. We're going to be here for about 20 more minutes or so celebrating the beginning of this season. And man, where do you want to start it off? There's been some deals in the NBA. Spicy P getting paid, getting the bag. Jalen Brown, Bradley Beal, all these players getting extensions. Again, we got tomorrow night. We got the Pelicans. We got the Zion news that we could talk about. The Raptors coming back. We got the Battle of LA tomorrow. That's kind of be, I mean, Paul George won't be playing, but it is what it is. Where do you want to start, man? The floor is yours. Okay, since you mentioned all of that, all of that stuff sounds very familiar to me. Does is, does that sound all like stuff that would be covered? Yes. By everyone? They're the leading lines of a 24-7 news cycle that is called the NBA. Yes. What, A, should get more coverage, or what isn't going to get coverage? That's what I want to talk about. That's a, Okay. The, the way you phrase that is interesting, because... I think the Zion news that kind of like everyone's been talking about how not only is he one of the best and biggest kind of stars to come into the NBA since, say, what, Anthony Davis. Some are even saying LeBron, right? Like just the hype is unreal. The dude was on hoop mixtape when he was in grade nine. It's insane. There's a reason he's on national TV. Not not him, but there's a reason the Pelicans are on national TV 20 or so times this year. And it is because of him. Sorry, JJ Redick. We all love you. People are seeing Zion. 100%. To get the news that at the end of the preseason that he hurt his knee 
And then kind of everyone kind of weighing in saying, like, what does this mean? Should people hold him out? Um, what's it going to happen? And then actually getting the news of his meniscus tear. Going to be out, say, four to six weeks to start the season. It's been interesting to hear what people say or what people think, what people believe of how much that matters. Because people talk a lot about who's going to carry the torch after LeBron goes, right? There's been KD, people, I mean, even Derek Rose. I mean, we love him as much as anybody. Blake Griffin, all these people that come into the league and talk, like, who's going to take the torch of the next great NBA player? And Zion has been that kind of thing. For him to get... get off slowly, I guess, to the beginning of his first season and to not even play for the first month in a bit. It's been super interesting to hear how that's been covered and how important people think that is. How important do you think that is? I think the importance lies in the fact that this dude is 19 and already has a documentary about him. Um, To be given the weight of you know, goat level player. And as you said, be on hoop mixtape. That's what, that's when we got introduced to him, him dunking on a bunch of kids that (laughs) That were his age, that were his age. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't look like it. No. Um, Zion, Zion is an athletic marvel, just an absolute wonder Uh, someone that could have been pro in multiple sports, given his reaction time, his instincts and his intelligence, uh, and his effort and his work ethic. Um, but I think the importance in it lies in that, you know, a number one pick has a potential major injury scare. Um, Where it lies in the importance of of things is that outside of Zion, this is still a good team. Very true. Um, You know, say what you will about the big, uh, you know, uh, big baller brand. Lonzo Ball is a smart, cerebral player. His ability to defend on ball is very good. His ability to pass is very good. Sure, the jump shot's not quite there. Um, He can slash a little bit. But like that's a good smart player you want as a role player, maybe as a fifth, sixth, seventh man on your team. And who knows, maybe if he does get the jump shot, he'll be able to grow into something else. Brandon Ingram, I'm still kind of very iffy on. JJ Redick, kind of at the end of his career, but a perfect role player. Um, and this is a team that, of course, Drew Holiday. Um, this this is a team that will still be good, and it might be a blessing in disguise. You know, given the direction of this franchise, a blessing in disguise that this actually happens it sucks yes we all want to see zion play uh and we want zion to be healthy and want the pelicans to succeed but they have a lot of draft picks oh yeah they have all the lakers draft picks (laughs) for the next decade (laughs) yeah literally (laughs) up until at least 2027 and uh they also have their own draft pick so you know we were talking a little bit off air with jared uh station manager big shouts to jay um about the opportunity of making the playoffs sneaking in as an eight seed Who's to say that, you know, you can't get another top 10 pick? And, you know, top 10 picks might be mattering a lot more now that we get closer and closer to the inevitability of being able to draft high school players. Totally. Absolutely. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out, not only tomorrow night, season season opener in Toronto. Oh, Insane. Man. Get in a Christmas game this year, too. We're going to have a counter for how many times the we Raptors get excited. The Raptors have arrived, baby. What to do? Uh <laughs> But yeah, as, as far as how they come out this season, especially with this injury now, will be really interesting. And kind of going back to your original question of how, not only how has he been covered, but I feel like it's important to talk about how almost universally accepted his success has been. You know, a lot of people coming into the league, highly touted, people are always chipping away. They want to take the hot take, like, 
I mean, Andrew, uh, Anthony Davis was injury prone. Blah, blah 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 blah. You could go all down the list of all these high draft picks of what's wrong with them. Zion coming in, there's been very little hot takeishness from ESPN and other outlets of he is going to succeed. Yeah. It seems like it's just bar none. He is going to be a phenomenal player. People have talked about his weight a little bit. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. Bull in a china shop for sure. I like to think that helps him because he's still getting up as high as he needs to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he doesn't need to jump higher than 10 feet. I'm curious to see what this injury does to the, the kind of lexicon around Zion, right? Is it going to start immediately with, is he injury prone, right? Because a, a meniscus is, I don't want to say it's not a big deal. Who's who's to say how long this injury will actually keep him out and if it will be lingering at all? But for him to not start off this season in uniform opening night in the NBA, I'm curious to see how it's going to be covered because he has been universally accepted kind of from the jump. It might change from then, you know? Yeah, that's well put. Now, when you said bull in a china shop, I was really truly thinking about how big Zion is and people don't <laughs> people don't truly understand that he's like Six seven, six eight, and like maybe two. Is he truly six seven though? I I believe it was proven that he's six seven point two five. Wow, is that in socks? He got he uh, was demoted point two five. <laughs> he was he was actually demoted point two five, and that's one of the smaller demotions in the league. Yes, there were there. Were, uh, we still haven't had a chance to truly talk about the NBA height. That could be an entire episode, probably. <laughs> that could have been, uh, and it may be very well later on. Um, but it had me thinking. Kobe Bryant once said Julius Randle is Lamar Odom and Zach Randolph's body. Wow. What is Zion Williamson? <laughs> now, I have an idea. It's Charles Barkley and Sean Kemp, maybe. Charles Barkley and Sean Kemp is really good and also, like, very time-specific. <laughs> we were talking <laughs> about 94 before, <laughs> 94. What game is it outside on the Sega? Oh, yeah, it was NBA 94. Yeah. I think the Sonics are on the cover. That's a very good pull. Yeah. Um, I was thinking LeBron James and Dwight Howard's body, but I started God. to think... The shoulders on that man. Aren't LeBron James and Dwight Howard almost the same person anyway in terms of like body? body kinda, t- right? yeah. like, I mean, Dwight's hair is another thing now. Have you yes. seen him in a Lakers uniform? <laughs> LeBron's hair is a whole other story, too. It's <laughs> That's fair. I like the do-rag. They yeah. should let him wear a do-rag during the game. Oh, man. Uh, big shouts, um, David Stern, for <laughs> <laughs> calling uh, Allen Iverson a thug. That's not one of your brightest moments, but one of now, the most iconic now moments. Now Adam Silver taking away the ninja headbands. Which, for the culture, he should have allowed. Come on, man. Like You've you got to believe those are coming back with a Nike check on them, right? I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up because that's definitely one of the least, uh, the least covered things. The fact that we got robbed of the ninja headband. Oh, it's because of the timing of it, right? Like It was like at the beginning of like Summer League or something where they're like, yeah, those ninja headbands everyone's wearing. It's not it. Eh, it's not going to fly. Yeah, similar to the Supreme, uh, you know, when NBA and Supreme did an official collaboration. Right. It's an NBA-sponsored product, but it just happens to say Supreme on it. And uh, J.R. Smith and uh, I believe Kelly Oubre and a couple others. I think Swaggy P might have gotten it on All it. the hype beast guys. All the hype beasts <laughs> in the league started wearing the Supreme NBA uh, shooting sleeve, and then uh, it got nixed. It was not allowed. Which, dude, it's an officially licensed NBA product. How Come do you, on, how are you gonna license a product, an official NBA apparel, and not allow it? I understand headbands, but you know what you should do? NBA branded ninja Come headbands. Come on, it, the money's it's, it's there. It's gotta be coming. It's gotta be coming. Yeah, the money's there. You're gonna capitalize on a whole new accessory. Kirk Heinrich is rolling in his bed right now because 
he would have worn it for sure. <laughs> Kirk Heinrich wears every accessory. He would have worn it on top of his headband. Anyways, um, I think one of the less spoken thing because you know we're gonna carry off this thing that are less discussed. Um, what is your favorite team? Who do you think is gonna win the Weed Cup? Interesting. Of the NBA? The weed cup, hey? Nugs versus Blazers. Yeah. Which team are you taking? People are really down on the Blazers. Yeah, because like they don't think... down on the Blazers. Because they had such a high last year. Nice. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> you thought about that, You know it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the weed bowl. Classic. The Blazers and Nugs. One of our favorites. Man, yeah, people are so down on the Blazers. And I get because Nurk is hurt. They got Damon CJ back, of course, right? Those those are the motor. That's the motor the that constants. gets things going, right? Yeah. Uh, Terry Stotts, one of the greatest and probably the longest, sta- one of the longest standing coaches in the league as well. Are people really just down on them because they're going to be starting guys like Rodney Hood and Hassan Whiteside? Actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, it doesn't sound <laughs> super good. <laughs> but hey, Zach Collins, Anthony uh, Simmons, like they they got some young guys. Simons, pardon me. They got some young guys that could really pop. You know, and we did an entire episode about who who's that third guy on these teams that needs to pop. And we talked about Zach Collins on this team. Dave and CJ, they're going to get their own, right? They could probably both, and they probably will both average 25 points per game this year, right? They're both, oh, yeah. they can put the ball in the hoop. They can do, they can shoot from outside. They can drive. I mean, they're incredible playmakers. Rodney Hood as well. It's probably the defense that people are really down on. But then when you look at the Nugs, the defense is going to be the least of their worries, right? I mean, Jokic is, uh, he is what he is, right? He's a big loaf. He actually He's looks like a massive loaf right now. <laughs> he is genuinely but a giant piece of bread. Not only can they take a big swing and trade for somebody, it probably, it's, it's not going to be Bradley Beal now because he can't be traded after his contract extension, which is super interesting in itself. Yeah. But they are bringing back an incredible array of, of wings, right? Mm-hmm. And um, who did they steal from the Thunder? I'm, I'm blanking on the name right now. Uh, he had a phenomenal year last year. Oh, God. Uh, uh, I'm going to let you think about while I keep talking. But Jamal Murray, okay? They got Gary Harris. At the three, they got Tory Craig, who ended up starting tons of the playoffs last year. They got Will Barton. They got Beasley. Was it Jeremy Grant? Jer- thank you, Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Thank you. They got Jeremy Grant and Paul Millsap now sharing the four, right? They still they still got a Plumlee right behind Jokic. They got a stack team, man. They, they're, they're back up five could probably beat out the Suns. <laughs> you're right oh my god think about it like they're stacked so as far as a team and they naturally have the best home court advantage because they play in the mile high city right so if we're talking about the weed cup who's gonna win it this year matching up would be super interesting because i think those guards and the blazers can absolutely torch hey, the nugs let's go but the defense for the nugs are it, it, it's going to be not only as good as last year, but better, right? They were a top ten defense last year. They're they're bringing back all the same guys. Man, give me the Nugs every single time. Okay, give me the Nugs every <laughs> single time. <laughs> give me um, the Nugs. Yeah, I, in a seven game series, I take him uh, four two. <laughs> Yeah, four two Come zero. Come on, man. No, four twenty. <laughs> Yo, and shout out to legalization. October seventeenth. We uh, we had the big uh, reunion. Uh, we anniversary. Yeah, exactly. That's a, there you yeah. go. You've thought about this a lot more than me. This is also something a topic I did not think us going to on the opening of our show, but very on brand. Very on brand. Kings and the Bulls. Interesting. Do either of the teams excite you? I'm trying to talk about all the stuff that people aren't fully talking about. 
I'm really thinking about who I love more, De'Aaron Fox or Kobe White. Because Kobe mean, White's fun. I man. I don't send you tons of stuff on Instagram, but I think the ratio of Kobe White stuff I sent you throughout summer league it was irrational. It was, yeah, it was pretty <laughs> irrational. So I'm gonna leave this to you because I know the Bulls are one of your favorite teams. Uh, the uh, the Fox and Kings show over in Sacramento are uh, a team that I know we're super high on, and Luke Walton going over there himself. Um, it's going to be super interesting. I'm going to leave the floor to you, man. Are you feeling good about the Bulls? Because that's a team that they got a lot of fun parts as well. I'm feeling good about the Bulls, but in a still, this is not going to be a great team, but this is going to be a fun watch. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. I have not had a Bulls team to say that this is a fun watch since kind of the lingering end of the Rosiers, um, where Noah was still around, you know, Deng was just about shipped out. Um, How long ago was that? Oh, God, 2013, Yo, 2014. Dang, though, just retiring, though, if I'm not mistaken. Absolute legend. UK yeah. legend. Uh, you got it. Uh, Bulls legend. Absolutely. I think he stretched until 2035 as well, still getting them checks. <laughs> it's going to take a while. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to he's gonna be paid. Yeah. Yo, the Dagan Mozgov contracts. Yeah. Um, so Chris Dunn, Thomas Sadoransky, Kobe White. That's a fun Chicago Bulls point guard rotation if you are... Th- those would be G League champions. It's a lot better than Cameron Payne. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um I'm I'm iffy on Levine. I like Otto Porter, um, especially when he leaves the Wizards. Everyone looks better off the Wizards. Um and big shots Bradley Beale also getting paid. Um I like Thad Young and Laurie Markinen, and I like Wendell Carter Jr. I like the Kings more. Yeah. I, I, Buddy Heald got paid. He got an extension. The Kings go hard. Yeah, flashing a little money sign of Vladi. I see you. Yeah. Um, Darren Fox, uh, our boy, Kojo, yep. Raptors alum. Absolutely. Uh, Trevor Reza, Harrison Barnes, kind of iffy on that, but they do have Bogdan, which I think will eventually Bogdan, take... Bogdan, man. Yeah, they'll event, he'll eventually take the starting spot, I think. And then Bagley is looking real special. Absolutely. So, um, and according to people who are uh, following Team USA before he dropped out, Bagley was looking money. Him and Fox sounded like monsters in Team USA cap. Yeah, so I think they'll be a more exciting watch than the Bulls, even though they'll have comparable records because the East is weaker. Right. So I think people should actually make it a point to watch the Sacramento Kings this year because I think this is the year that finally they start to realize that, oh, this is not a team. This is like young Wizards. This is young John Wall. This is like, this is not... uh, a bust uh, as of right now. De'Aaron Fox looks like a special player. No and doubt. you should get on now. So. No doubt. Yeah, I'm excited about the Kings. Um, again, the West is always a bloodbath, right? And it, there's very few teams that are actually going to not try and win games, Memphis being one of them in the West. So the, the race for that bottom is is nuts. The fact that the Kings will be battling, say, the Blazers, who we just talked about, who were in the Western Conference Finals last year for a yeah. bottom seed, is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, it's a... It's a it's a league of parody now, and that's something we're not entirely used to as of the past couple of years. And it almost sounds like a bad thing when I say that. It's like, oh, we haven't had parody. No, we've just had so many special moments in the league. We had an all-time team as well in the Bay, yeah. right? I mean, literally, they're going to be talked about with the 80s Celtics, the 90s Bulls, I mean, the 60s Lakers. Like That team will go down as one of the greatest teams of all time. They will be that in that handful of teams that are talked about in that conversation. Of course there's not going to be parody. They had like four Hall of Famers on their start in their starting lineup. How dare you disrespect Zaza <laughs> like that, man? Come on. I thought you were going loony, but Zaza, yeah. No. Yo, Zaza deserves all the disrespect to be honest. Fair enough. Um with all that said, um the 
they will be carried down, you know, in, in that sort of realm of greatest teams of all time. And, you know, it's much harder to win an MVP twice in a row or two MVPs or two championships in this era because the league is so much stronger year after year after year. Players are getting better. Players are getting smarter. Leagues, uh, front offices are getting smarter. The talent pool is ridiculous. But who's not to say that we don't close the show on our possibly repeat NBA champions, the Toronto Raptors? Crazy, man. It's so... I love... We, oh, I just love saying it. The NBA champion, Toronto Raptors. De- defending. Uh, they will be defending, you know, this year. Uh, they're defending for a year, man. Like, yeah. literally until June 20-whatever. We get to say they're the, defending the Toronto Raptors are NBA champions until June next year. Dude, ring night tomorrow. Isn't that crazy? That's so nuts. Um, <sighs> and on top of that... Larry you know, gets the last ring, right? You have to. It has yeah. to be, yeah. Um, and, I mean, technically Kawhi will when he visits. Uh, or, but, yeah. Well, sure. It depends when they, how they actually do that. But Danny Green. Yeah, Danny Green, too. Um, Shout out to Danny Green. Spent a lot of time in Winnipeg this summer. Really? In Canada in general. Oh, great. Yeah. Good for, good for Danny. He Green. literally toured Canada and did a show on Sportsnet. That's actually pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Pascal got paid. Dude, spicy pee, baby. Lowry got paid. Yeah. Uh, Pascal, well-deserved max contract, earned it, dude, why not? Serge Ibaka just convinced Kevin Durant to eat snakes, so I'm excited to watch that later. I love it. Yeah. Um, Kyle Lowry getting paid. Is he on the team in six months? Yep. I think he is. Um, It is interesting hearing all the teams that may be interested in getting Lowry, right? Uh, The Miami Heat are right up there for the Detroit Pistons. Lowry could be serviceable wherever he goes. He's a phenomenal player. He's kind of borderline all-star now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens this season. But, I mean, they got parts to sell. So it's interesting to see what Masai does. And forever, literally since Masai has gotten to Toronto, he's kind of been playing with house money because he's been trying to kind of start over and build this team in his image. And he absolutely did. Like, this championship team would not have happened without Masai. Would not have happened without Masai. 100%. So it is interesting to see what he does. I The legacy contract for Kyle is not only great for him as far as financially, but it's going to get him into the 2021 draft class where so many players will be moved again. So it'll be interesting from that uh, point of view. But I think playing with this team throughout the year, battling throughout the playoffs, maybe going for home court, getting a series or two, I think that matters. you know. And if, if he gets great deals for, say, Gasol and Ibaka, I don't think anyone's going to bat an eye if Chris Boucher is starting for the for the Raptors in April. Yeah. Right? No, well said. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, to close it out, I need a couple one-word answers, my friend. Pelicans, Raptors, who wins tomorrow? Raptors, easy. Lakers, Clippers. Lakers. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think it's going to... I actually think it might be a massive Lakers win, and people are going to be talking about it. I think AD might go, like, massive, like, 38, 12, 6. Be interesting. League MVP. Ah, Giannis again. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very nice. NBA champions. That's crazy. The fact that we're talking about this right now is nuts. Give me the Lakers. Wow. Give me the Lakers. the Lakers. I don't think this is going to be the same team they are in uh, in June. This is the same reason why I actually swapped my answer. AD for MVP. Yeah. And, oh gosh, maybe Sixers or Lakers. Ah, Sixers. I like the Sixers too. Yeah, the Sixers. I like the Sixers too. Yeah. Man, high on the Lakers going in this season. The Lakers look good. So do the Clippers. They got Clippers got amazing depth. Game of runs. Man, okay. As we go out the show, last time... Shout out to UMFM. Support them, please, as we do. UMFM.com slash donate. Pledgerama 2019. We are doing back-to-back episodes each and every day. 
One half hour is going to be live. The other half hour is going to be the studio. We are going to clean up this whole China mess, LeBron's comments in the studio <laughs> right after. So you can listen to this entire episode on iTunes. If you're listening to our podcast right now, thank you. If you're listening to us live on 101.5 UMFM, please donate and support the station. We love you. Thank you very much.